White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Right after, grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lauren. It is Ecknerwall23 on Twitter. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and the show is called Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Go there and subscribe. Maybe you can win a prize pack. If you want to, leave us a voice message. It is 312 312- Five six six eight seven two seven to do so, or locked on socks at gmail.com. It's been a long time, about a week. Hello, Chris. How you doing? It has been a week since we've spoken on this thing. As we've we did two shows the last time we we did a show, and uh, yeah, man, and, it, and it's really bittersweet because I can't see you today as we are recording and we can't get the video working it's been quite an ordeal here, folks. Uh, I just got back from vacation. By the way, uh, it's draft season it's trade deadline season and that means it's prospect season and that means locked on mlb prospects is bringing us the show tonight they're covering every future star of major league baseball and host aaron layton brings you the latest player interviews and farm system breakdowns every day subscribe to locked on mlb prospects on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts Big weekend for the Sox here, Herb, and we'll get to it in just a second. But I, you know, I, there's nothing that I can say uh, to sum this up uh, at my frustration level. Is you're on the road all day, coming back. I was up in northern Michigan, up north is what they call it. Uh, it's not an up north trip, Mob Deep, uh, but it was up north trip for me. And I'm in the car all day, and then you battle the traffic coming in downtown and you know your kids about had it with being in the car wife's not thrilled no one's thrilled to be in the car for that long it's a long day and then you get home and you try to fire up the old podcast machine and it's just not working so that's where we're at tonight with the technical difficulties. Quite frankly, it's a, it's a miracle. If, if you're listening to this show on a Monday morning, welcome. We appreciate you. We love you. And we're certainly going to get to the socks in a second. But consider this a, a mini miracle that we're even together tonight recording this show the way the technical problems uh, were awaiting me upon my return to Chicago. And uh, it was a nice trip up in Michigan. I did get to catch some baseball finally up there last year, 2020 with the pandemic, the, the North woods league is the league that the Traverse city pits bitters participate in. And I was going to go to a game last year, but then it got canceled due to COVID. So I was finally able to get up there at a turtle Creek stadium. And what this league is Herbie, we've talked about it on the show before, but it's basically college kids who are trying to hang on to the dream. They're trying to latch on to a minor league system somewhere. This is independent ball. And actually, three of these kids from the Traverse City team uh, got drafted this year. And what they did was when they couldn't play ball in college in 2020 because of the pandemic, they played in this league uh, up in Michigan, and which they have a team in Rockford here locally and other you know teams in the area. They were able to get three kids drafted. And I went to the game the other evening and – 
they made an announcement during the game uh, that Evan Gates, he's a right-handed pitcher slash outfielder, they made an announcement that he signed a contract with the San Francisco Giants. And so everyone, they stopped the game. Everyone gave a standing ovation, both teams. Like, that's one of the cool moments. This kid was at North Carolina A&T State. And then, you know, uh, decided to uh, to join up with the Traverse City Pit Spitter squad. And there he is. He's got a, a major league uh, contract uh, with uh, – we'll see where he's going to be uh, assigned. But that's just a cool moment if you love baseball right there. So I was, I was able to to wet my baseball beak even uh, when, when not focus solely on the White Sox. But, man, oh, man, uh, let's just get it over with here. I'm doing good. You're doing good. So is Bill Walton. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge, Division Street. Let's go. And to set the stage, I think Liam Hendricks, who was on the score on Friday, he said it perfectly when he said, Oh, I don't care. I mean, congratulations. You swept us in June. Well, who gives a shit? <laughs> to be honest, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, you move forward. They take two of three. From the Houston Astros after they pretty much got their ass whipped for five consecutive games against them this season. They finally break through. We're just going to take Friday. We're going to take that game and we're just going to file it and we're never going to talk about it again except for the fact that I think it's time to retire those uniforms, Herbie. Yeah, I was there. In <laughs> you were there? The what was the vibe yeah. like? It looked like it was, a, it was, a, it was electric. Yeah. It was electric early. It was awesome. And it you know drizzled. The whole game, and there was probably, I don't know what the announced attendance was, but people were there happy, excited to get the second half, and I'll put those in quotes, of the season started, and hating the Astros was on top oh. of people's minds. Oh, boy. I would lustily boo in uh, Altuve, Correa, Goriel, whoever set up there. I was never going to boo my man, Michael Brantley, who, of course, hit doubles <laughs> and home runs this whole series. He's Michael Brantley. But, yeah, the electric atmosphere and the jovial spirit of people around the area. I was sitting in 109 with Courtney, and then we went on over to the 108 people and uh, talked to them. And so, yeah, it was even though we lost, I think it was 7-1, to one, I think everybody had a great time at the ballpark being back and then knowing that we got an eight-game lead and pretty much going to the playoffs this year yeah and i wish i could have been there like i, I was fo- i tried to unplug on social media you know considerably but i did follow along once the game started going again and uh, that that friday game was one that i can just say you know what it just like i said just who cares it's over with but i did miss you guys out there and it looked like it was fun you know the socks now 20 games over 500 now you're really cooking with gas here when you reach that 20 game over mark over 100,000 fans Caught the socks this weekend, as you mentioned, the taunting of the Astros, the inflatable trash cans were thrown about uh, <laughs> this weekend. It was really a, a fun vibe, and and I did have some of that anxiety on Friday watching this team, thinking, man, you know, I know there's teams that just don't match up well, no matter what team you are, even if you're one of the elite teams in baseball, as the White Sox are, and you and you look like you have a, a matchup problem with the Astros. So Friday, I'm going through all the motions, as, as I'm sure. I know Sox Twitter, White Sox Twitter was a disaster on Friday, and it was just a real uh, gloomy place. But I even was I was going through. You know, I'm the I'm the the logical, sound, stable fan, and I'm go, I'm going through the motions. Like, okay, 
So what if they if they lose uh, eight straight to the Astros and they, they meet them in the postseason? Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? I know in baseball it's dumb and you could say, hey, play- playoffs are a fresh start and who knows, but you certainly you don't want to be put in that position. And, and boy, the Sox responded after losing that one on Friday with two really strong efforts and the first by Lucas Gilito, which we're going to get to here in a second. But Lucas was just amazing this weekend and, and he even said it early here uh, before uh, you know he came out he, we all know the, the the struggles that he's gone through in the the first half of the season Lucas Gilito seemed to be on a mission and he said so as much on Saturday I didn't really like how my first half went so I want to really uh, come out kind of with a vengeance for the uh, second half here and I thought that today would be a good day to start that he did he goes all nine herb and that was a weird one for Lucas on Saturday the results were there hard to argue with that but he goes all nine and he's able to, to shut down the Astros as the Sox win 10 to one but it wasn't your traditional like dominant pitching performance from a starting pitcher with all those the fly ball outs that you, that you saw there what, what did you make of Lucas's effort and can can we possibly see that as something positive going forward sort of as, as he hits the reset switch here at the midway point yeah we've both talked about the crackdown on sticky stuff and Lucas's uh pitch tracks and his uh spin rate has been going down as far as uh that's concerned so Either I haven't checked the numbers on that uh, start in particular, but it seems like he's learning how to pitch without, you know, without the sticky stuff and dominating. He's got that mentality you saw in the playoff game last year where he's like, F it. Let's just throw the ball over the plate and let these guys hit it, even if they're not striking and swinging and missing. Let's do that and make sure that they understand that I'm not giving any free passes. And there's no, there's no, Full tomfoolery going on here and you know the strikeout numbers were good it was at eight but you know Lucas said a time when he's pitching nine innings is usually up to 10 to 12 if he's going to go the full game and I thought that Tony was 100% going to take him out in that ninth inning where it looked like he was losing a little gas a little steam Lucas reached back for extra six and got these guys out and that's very impressive especially versus this team to only give up three hits and uh, that's the best offensive team in baseball. To do that in a lively Saturday atmosphere that was going on at a guaranteed rate, we saw the White Sox with five home runs that day, is very impressive. No matter what, and doing it versus the Astros is 100% impressive. And you mentioned uh, some of the impressive at-bats there on Saturday night and, and the homers galore. Jake Berger finally gets one on the board. His first Major League home run, a really cool moment. Uh, for for the kid, and we we follow the story at, at great detail, and it's just it's awesome uh, to to see him finally break through and get that milestone. Gavin Sheets is able to come through and get his off the board very early in his major league career, but it took Jake a while. But I, I will say this though, man, Jake looks like he could stick here. And he's going to be one of those uh, good problems, uh, Marlo Stanfield. As you sit now, 357 with a 419 OBP, good for a 1062 OPS. He is putting himself in, in prime position to be either in the mix for this club in the in the stretch run here or be a, a top 
trade piece here. Now, you're talking about a guy playing as well as you could ask him to play when you're trying to showcase some of these guys if, in fact, Rakan is trying to make a move. But uh, what do you make of Jake Berger's start here? Is he someone that you would try to, if you're Tony LaRusso, if you want to put on your, your baseball pants and grab a drink and figure out how you would make Jake Berger stick here? How, how do you keep this hot bat in the lineup here? I just don't know where he would play. Unless they're transferring him over to second base and no acquisition in that regard, there at that position, where is he going to play? Aloy's coming back. He's either played left field or designated hitter. Berger can only play third base, first base, maybe second base. There's no bats at those spots. They're first base. There's a lot of candidates there. Second base is a possibility, but I wouldn't want a guy – of his size to be playing second base. I think that will cost him and the team more him playing that second base position. If there's a big time acquisition and he needs to be gone, he needs to go to another team. I think that would probably be the best answer for everything involved. Now this player that they were to acquire or players that would acquire would have to be somebody of big time, uh, like gravitas, somebody who's got something to himself because Jake Berg is a first round pick. And remember that. And he's showing you the talent that the White Sox knew that he had just after a couple of Achilles injuries. He's coming back really strong right now. So he has the talent and I know that he has the talent, but where's the position? Where's he going to play him? As Hawk would say, where are you going to play? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I would, if a tough if a tough decision needs to be made where Jake Berger needs to be on another team and we need to acquire somebody else, I don't want that to happen. Same thing, I don't want that to happen with Andrew Vaughn. But, hell, we're trying to win this championship. And where is he going to play? Yeah, you know, they, they, they found a way to get his bat in the lineup on Sunday. We'll get to Sunday's game in a second, you know, with, with Moncada DHing that allowed – Jake Berger to play third base, but this is not sustainable, as you said, with Eloy coming back and the the, the glut of, of DH first base types you have <laughs> here. And Adam Engel's playing well. Like, he's got to play. Like, so it's not like you can tuck away Jake Berger in a corner outfield spot and say, hey, have at it. I don't know how I feel about a guy with the two Achilles injuries being out there in the corner outfield, uh, you're running himself in, into risk of, of getting hurt. Maybe a, uh, an occasional at-bat or a game here or there just to keep him around. But th this guy is, is only hitting, I think, because he's getting an opportunity to play a ton. And you can't really give sporadic uh, opportunities to to a kid like that, I don't think, and you know, because his development is far from finished like this is a half-baked kid out there you know still trying to figure his way around but right now you got to ride the hot hand and you know you you have that luxury now of saying you know let's not rush Eloy back you know and you, you could do all sorts of things and, and make it work but you know for in the meantime he's certainly uh making himself uh making a case for himself to be noticed in the, in the long term whether it's here or elsewhere and uh, we've got uh, some news about the, the, this team in the in the championship window which has been uh, extended in, in my opinion I think you would agree we'll get to that next segment but let's talk about our guy Los man Carlos Rodon on Sunday Mercy. good lord you know I, I listened to the game in its entirety on the radio Connor McKnight was doing play-by-play -play, along with DJ and you know I, I we haven't talked about this yet but uh, I, I think can we both agree that this could be possibly Carlos Rodon's best outing of the season when you talk about the opponent, the levity and the leverage, not levity, the leverage of the game in terms of you're looking to take the rubber match from a really good team who has eaten your lunch 
in, in the previous, you know, you know, you know, five out of six times. You talk about all those things combined, and you're looking to feel good coming out of the All-Star break. Do you think that was Carlos Rodon's finest outing of the year, and his line on Sunday is as follows? Carlos Rodon goes out there, and he pitches himself an absolute gem. Ten strikeouts, he goes. Seven innings, gives up just the one hit, no walks to go along with the ten strikeouts. So I ask you, Herb, Carlos Rodon's best outing of the year, was it yesterday? It was. It was 100%. And I know people are like, no hitter. This was better. This is a premium team. We've just been talking about the best offense in Major League Baseball. We saw what they did down there in Houston. And Carlos Rodon was the only pitcher, starting pitcher, that stuck it up their giggy down there in Houston while we got swept from four games. So his two starts was Houston, very, very dominant. That man is otherworldly. And Tell, I don't know if people are like, I told you, I told you. There is nobody that told us that this guy would show up. <laughs> this is the best pitcher in the American League by far. I don't care what you're talking about, your Garrett Coles. This guy is the best pitcher in the American League. And he did something in that first inning that I hadn't seen in a while or ever, I don't think ever in this year. He started off with 99 heat. Usually he ramps up to 9,900 heat at the end of his game. He's like, no, I'm jacked up now. You guys are not touching me. And he showed them in the first three innings. I think he struck out like eight of the Houston batters in those first three innings. He was out there just dominant. I love his performance out there today. He was saying to all of them, Correa, there was a a thing. I think uh, Steve Stone just broke it down. He's like, Correa saw that ball when it was like five feet away from him and he swung at it and it was behind him already. It was just a filthy slider. And he had the combination of balls that people were swinging and missing and just fastballs low in the zone that people were like, Oh my God, I can't hit that 98 on the bottom of the zone. This guy's acing us on three, two pitches like that. Montanano, I think for the 10 strikeout was just like that. He was like, I can't hit that. Um, come on. It's 98 <laughs> on the bottom of the zone. What the hell's going on here? So, yeah, he is. I don't know. Their words can't describe how good he is. He deserves all the credit. Him and Ethan Katz for what they've done this year. He's going to get a bunch of money. We're going to talk about the guy who did get a bunch of money extension a little later. But this guy deserves that money and more going forward. Absolutely. And, you know, just a note here, you know, I I wasn't going to jump off a bridge because of what happened to the Sox down in Houston at the same way. I'm not going to throw a parade here because they took two out of three. I think you could say the Sox didn't play their best baseball in in that series in Houston. And the Astros certainly did not play their best baseball in the, 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 the second two games, the final two games of the series. And you, you look up and down the lineup, you know, normally these potent guys, Altuve goes over four on Sunday with two strikeouts. And then he gets, you know, check this out. The, the combined Guriel, Alvarez, Correa, they go over nine with six Ks mm-hmm. <laughs> on Sunday. And Michael Kopech, who was out of this world again, and we'll talk about him a bit, I think, as he relates to uh, Lance Lynn in the next segment here. But just an outstanding series for the White Sox. It feels good. This is where you got to enjoy it, man. 20 games up. And not you. You have that that monkey off your back now, where you don't have to worry about the whole. Yeah, but you're not beating good teams. They've beaten a ton of good teams. They they took the series from the Rays, 
from the Blue Jays and now the Astros. So, you know, there's still uh, some, some work to be done, obviously, in the American League. But when you can put yourself in that conversation where you're 20 games up, then you have some wiggle room. And now you've got reinforcements coming back and things are looking very, very good. And there's more home games here. I'm going up to Milwaukee next weekend. I'm looking forward to that, as I know you are. I'm taking my dad mm-hmm. up there. It's going to be a party, man, all summer. Just stop and enjoy it, man. Go back and, and watch the uh, the condensed game of, the, of these, this Astros series, man. It's, it's good stuff. And T.A., uh, with this 15-game hitting streak and this uh, note here from the White Sox, he's recorded a hit and a run scored in 11 straight games, and that's a new White Sox record for a franchise that's well over uh, 100 years old. So that's always pretty impressive when you can do that. And you talk about Jose Abreu passing Carlton Fisk on the home run list. For the White Sox franchise, that's good stuff right there. So good things are happening on the south side, and it's and it's really a whole lot of fun to watch. We'll come back, talk about some new paper on the south side. That's next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Money lines every night, over-unders, it's all there for you if you enjoy betting on baseball at BetOnline. They've got all the other sports too. NBA Finals coming to a close. Football futures, golf. I've talked to you about some of the crazy fun prop bets they have going on at Bet Online. Got some new ones here just added. Aside from the alien abduction props, which I always enjoy, they have who will Bill Gates date next? What about Jeff Bezos? Who will marry first, Bezos or Gates? You can place a bet on that. Before the next pitch, head to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason. Head to the website and use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. I neglected to mention this at the top, Herb, because we're going through some technical issues here. I know the listeners don't care about it, but I wanted to mention it at the top. But uh, a thank you, huge thank you to Sean Anderson and Mike Rankin who filled in for us. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, and it really allowed us to to take a you know a little breather here. You know, it, it's not tough work. It's not a, a grind. These are not long shows, but we do knock out five a week, and we do work another job on top of it. Some people they they do the show, and that's their job, and they do really well. But this is our our side thing, right? So a lot of time away from friends, family. So when we can get a little breather here during the All Star break. And we know the show is in competent hands with Mike Rankin and Sean Anderson uh, that that provided great comfort to me. And my wife was very appreciative. And we were even talking about, okay, how are we going to do an all-star game wrap-up show when I'm up in the woods in, in northern Michigan and the Wi-Fi spotty? And do I bring my microphone? Do I have, do I have to buy – oh, my God, I have to buy a new USB microphone because I don't have a USB microphone and all that stuff. So I didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. I was able to just relax and enjoy the game and enjoy Liam Hendricks's potty mouth. But uh, thank you to those guys. They're, you know, they they've got the rocket strapped to them, so they're going to be just fine. Mike Rankin and Sean Anderson, they did a really nice job uh, with the show, so I want to thank them very much for being a part of it. And you probably won't hear the last uh, of those guys, so uh, wait till they get that uh, financial windfall that comes with doing three shows uh, for the Locked On White Sox podcast. Wait till that life changing money really hits their bank account. So uh, the best <laughs> is yet to come for those young men. But uh, speaking of money, uh, life changing money. 
Lance Lynn, the big bastard, is back, Herb. And this was uh, after the Sox lost on Friday. I thought this was going to be the number one thing we were going to be celebrating this weekend, to be honest with you. But it came out before the game that Lance Lynn signs a contract extension with the White Sox. He's here for two additional seasons, two years, $38 million, And it, we revisit our conversation we had just last week where we tried to handicap the possibilities of Lance Lynn coming back. We you know, mentioned the White Sox championship window is only as wide open as it is if Lance Lynn is, is under contract and part of this rotation because he was going to walk at the end of the year, and all of a sudden you've got some problems. You've got some question marks going into 2022, and we'll talk about the Rodon effect uh, a little later on as well. But it's good to have Lance Lynn back, man. Like, I, I you know. I said 12-5, that was my starting point because, of course, I am hashtag Team Jerry and hashtag Team Management all day, every day. I thought that would be a good starting point, not my final number, but your number was what? Did you have two uh, two for 20? Is that what we said? I said 20 to 25 million, three, <laughs> three years, 20 to 25 million annual average value for the contract so i was really high on it and you're I trying to recalculate it to 15 to 20 you're eventually. trying to you're trying to give away all of jerry's money you're, tr- you're trying to have his, his future generations eating cat food you're trying to sell off everything <laughs> come on man but yeah so we were both off just a bit but nonetheless uh we are you uh, just just elated that not only uh, does lance lynn get to stay in this rotation for a couple more years but also just the fact that you know from from someone who we enjoy covering like the guy's a great quote he's great with the media and he produces on the field uh you know it's a perfect storm uh of scenarios here in terms of of a guy who uh, gets to pitch for the southsiders and this was a, a simple decision we talked about it when Lance Lynn was on the score a couple months back that it seemed like this was a no nonsense guy who enjoyed being here and here's Lance Lynn talking about the process in terms of uh, signing that contract I think the big thing was knowing where you want to be, and uh, there's no point in, in going into free agent if you know where you want to be. So we were able to uh, talk. We both wanted to, uh, you know, make a deal. So when that's the case, it, it's easy to, and it's a no-brainer. So obviously, this this you know it provides some relief and a little bit of wiggle room here because now you're no longer trying to go all in for 2021. If you this definitely changes Rick Hahn's risk calculus, I think, at the deadline. Because he knows he doesn't have to mortgage the, the the future here for one season, because now he can extend the the window a little bit here. He can open up that window a little bit wider. So, your thoughts on Lance Lynn being able to to stick around here for two more seasons? I don't know. Again, I still don't know how the stuff profiles at his age and how he's still able to to get people out at the rate that he does. But you know, you have to assume that it's his stuff's going to age pretty well. And at least next year, he's going to give you a lot of the same here, provided that, you know, he doesn't get overworked here in the second half, but you have to be as thrilled as, as Sox, you know, most Sox fans are as thrilled as I am that he's going to be back next year and beyond. Yeah, there was uh I know I thought that he would at least make it to free agency and then come back because he enjoyed the White Sox experience. But for Rick Hahn and the fellas to get them done after the All-Star break is a huge win for the White Sox. At $19 million per year is awesome. And then having that extra year, if you need to bring him back for the third year, even better. Like, say what you want, and I do, about Rick Hahn all the time. <laughs> the man gets deals done. He gets good deals with his current players done. And extensions done, and that's a good sign for uh, future negotiations with other people. Hopefully, Lucas Giolito is getting an extension signed for himself real soon. Um, but 
there couldn't have been a better sign for the White Sox going forward. This makes that trade null and void. No matter what Dane Dunning does in the future, if he goes on to be in a Hall of Fame career, this deal is now a Dane Dunning for a three years at least of Lance Lynn. I'll take that every day of the year, every day of the week, no matter what. He is a top pitcher in the American League. You see it last year. You see it more this year. He was in 19 also. And I think, yeah, he might slow down a little bit. But what is that? He's a under two ERA guy right now. What is he going to the mid twos, maybe threes? Still take it. The guy is probably a top five pitcher in the American League. And I don't see that falling off the table, even though he's going to be 35, 36 in these next couple of years. I'm in. I'm just so excited that when I saw that, I was like, wow, I cannot believe it that both sides agreed to this. And it was very, very you know, easy for it to happen. Only what, four, three or four months into the relationship. And he's like, yeah, I love it here. I want to stay a couple more years. F free agency. You don't need to go to free agency if you know where you want to be. And that that's what he said. So it's a win win for everybody involved. And it's so great. That was the only thing I had hung up about this trade because I love Dane Dunning is that you're only getting one year of Lance Lynn. Now you're getting three. Yeah, kudos to all the people who mentioned it, all the smart people who said at the very beginning uh, when the trade was was made in the offseason, like, oh, this this trade is only as good as if Lance Lynn's going to be here beyond 2021. And now that that's the case. And I'm certainly glad. You know, what's the worst case scenario? Lance Lynn's going to profile as your five. Let's say Dylan Cease takes the next step and you have Kopech in the rotation. You know, so what? He's he's there with a with a mid-three ERA and he's your fifth starter. That's pretty good. And that's going to beat a lot of teams on most nights. So uh, definitely good stuff right there. It's by far the number one thing people asked us about this weekend and the, the – Locked on socks at gmail.com mailbag was was filled with people talking and just being hyped up about Lance Lynn. But also, you know, there's this is a two tiered, you know, topic here because as soon as people talk about Lance Lynn, the next thing they want to talk about is Carlos Rodon. So I saw you respond to someone on Twitter just a bit ago and someone asked you, well, okay, so what do you think? You think they can bring back Carlos Rodon? You think this is an attempt by Rick Hahn to, to keep the core together and, and to keep this thing uh, the, this window of, of title contention wide open here. So uh, you do not think this this uh, gauges favorably for Carlos Rodon to return next season, especially with this Lance Lynn news. I, you are in the school of thought where you do not believe that they're going to uh, make him a, a long-term offer, correct? I think the White Sox are going to make him a, an offer, but I think also a lot of other teams are going to make him an offer that are going to blow the White Sox out of the water. We've already discussed what Jerry's preferences are in signing pitchers. I think Carlos Rodon is going to get a multi-year deal, and people are comparing it to Patrick Corbin, who had multiple years of good work. But we see this crackdown of sticky stuff, and Carlos Rodon has just gone right through that. Spin rate's been solid, been the same. And he's been dominant in most of the starts this year with, I think, uh, 10 consecutive starts, at least with eight strikeouts or more. He's going to and remember who his agent is, guys. It's it's Scott Boris, a guy that is going to get the most money for his client. So, yeah, I think that the White Sox have an opportunity to sign him, but they also have a lot of uh, obstacles in their way. Firstly, other teams wanted to sign him. Secondly, Michael Kopech at minimum, is going to be joining the rotation next year. So you got Giolito, Lynn, Dallas Keiko, Cease, and 
Kopech already in the rotation next year, if not even adding cro- crochet into the rotation there. So you have seven guys. If you add Rodon in there for five spots, what you're going to do, you have the last year of Keiko. You can trade him. You can also move Dylan Cease if you sign Rodon. That would be good problems. You know, as we said with Marlon Stanfield, having more starting pitchers than positions to fill it. But if they have all those guys, that's one of the reasons why they could say, oh, you know, Rodon's expensive. We got these cheap contracts in Crochet and Kopech. Hmm, we're just going to stay right here. We're good. Thanks, Carlos. We appreciate your work. And that last year, awesome. Enjoy your money. And I could see that happening. Um, and then I just think four to five years he's going to sign. And Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't like to go that high in years. Five years, 100% he won't do. Four years, he might. He might get into the bidding war with a team and re-sign Carlos Rodon. And Rodon, during his All-Star uh, break, said that he's grateful for the White Sox giving him another opportunity to do what he did this year. So maybe he has a little a little like, hey, I got to give them an opportunity, like a, maybe a hometown discount because they have shown me uh, patience. They helped me through a couple injuries and then re-signed me after they did non-tender me because – you know, I would have non-tendered myself with Carlos Rodana would be thinking like I wasn't good. I was terrible in the playoffs. My velocity was bad. And yeah, non-tendering was the right move. But to re-sign me and give me the opportunity to prove myself, I got to give them some type of hometown discount if they are close in the ballpark. So I would do whatever it needs to be to have Carlos Rodana in the rotation. But I just don't see that happening for the White Sox unless Carlos Rodon does give them a hometown discount. Yeah, man, there's just so many different variables here when you talk about guys and their families and comfort level and and financial stability and generational wealth and how many times are you going to have an opportunity to earn uh, at this tier again. I mean, you you mentioned Carlos Rodon coming off. He's he's going to be in the Cy Young finalists this year, provided things continue to go well, and he's going to be pitching on the big stage. And right now, he's he's taking that moment, the opportunity to be the number one lockdown stopper ace of this staff. You saw him go out there against good lineups and and, and do it time and time again. You know, he's going to have an opportunity to to have his first real contract where he can set his family up for life so you know whether or not he's going to test the open market he should test the open market unless and here are these variables again you know you mentioned scott boris and scott boris works for the player okay he works for carlos rodan so if carlos rodan says look i want to do everything in my power to stay here you know i i want to get what I'm worth, but also keep in mind, Scott, that I want to stay here and I want to be a part of something special because that's why he came back to begin with. So the problem is meeting in the middle. So what are you talking about here? Maybe Carlos Rodon bets on himself again and tries to do like maybe a short-term deal, like a, like a two-year deal maybe, you know, line himself up with Lance Lynn. I think maybe that would be something practical. Um, that way he could he could get a, a nice high – you know, annual value, but not be locked in long term. Or maybe if Jerry wants to do one of those Liam Hendricks contracts where you pay him a million dollars from now and from until infinity, you know, uh, till the world blow up, you know, maybe that's an option you can explore. But, you know, again, 
if you look at the track record of Carlos Rodon, this is not a guy that you would look at at face value and, and bet on. But you see what he's doing this year, and you cannot have that guy do that against you in the next few years of your championship window. You can't have let, you can't let this guy walk out the door with that stuff in that arm, and he's had the Tommy John already, and you know he's legit because of the sticky stuff, and he's not he just no no flinching. And he's go out, he goes out there and backs it up, shit talks the Astros, and then you know shuts him down twice. This is a guy you can't let walk out that door because if he's pitching against you in the postseason in the next few years in the American League, or even in your division, you know, I, you know, Cleveland's not going to be the type to step up and sign him. But you know, the Tigers, you know, may throw some dough around. You know, they've got the young staff. Maybe they need an anchor, you know, to you know to lead the way. You know, so. You can't have that, man. So I just I hope they can find a creative way. It's going to have to be creative, and Carlos Rodon is going to have to say, you know what, I like it here. This is this is my home. This is my family's home. But at the same time, you know, don't let yourself get jerked by this organization because they have the money. They can pay you what you're worth. You know, um, but he also, you know, he understands that. You know, when you're talking about building a championship roster, you know, one guy can't take up the brunt of that payroll. And the Sox do have that luxury of they have all these young position players that are locked in with team-friendly deals. So if there was ever a a time to swoop in and be like, you know what, we're going to pay this man right now because we haven't really done that ever. And we're going to give it to one of our guys, one of the guys that we drafted. I think this would be one of the circumstances where maybe – they would bend a little bit. You know, John Danks was not a, a draft pick by the White Sox. You know, he, he was acquired via trade. You know, you don't see this happen a lot. Now, you can go to the, the Jack McDowell angle where the Sox were actually proven correct. Jack McDowell did not have many great years after he left the White Sox. So, you know, more often than not, Jerry Reinsdorf's philosophy about not paying for pitching is, is proven correct. And sadly, not sadly, but in terms of this this case, I think it is, like the Sox can – they've proven that they can develop pitching. And that that hurts the the case for re-signing Rodon, I think, is they they feel they they can probably go out there and develop the next Carlos Rodon, which you know, I, this is the most consequential baseball that that a, a White Sox pitcher has pitched, I think, in in quite some time. I'm trying to think of who would have done it in, in 08. I don't think there was any stretch in 2008 where one guy was carrying the rotation like this, and it's not like the other guys in the rotation suck, but but Rodon's doing it at such a high level. You know, you, you have to go back. You know, my comp is always, you know, Jose Contreras in, in, in last half of 05, first half of 06. Mm-hmm. You talk about, you know, Chris Sale had some damn good years here, man. But the teams were, were by and large dog shit, you know. So it's like, yeah, it was really good. But it didn't do a ton in, in terms of the big picture team outlook. But this Carlos Rodon right now is just pitching some of the best baseball you can ever ask a pitcher to pitch considering the situation and, and what's at stake here in 2021. So cannot let that man walk out that door. You may be wrong. You may bet on him and be wrong, and he may end up being hurt every year again. But, again, this is not a risk I'd, I'd want to take. You know, this is only – it only would cost you money if you're wrong about it. But if, if you're, you know, in terms of, you know, paying him. But if you're wrong on the other end where you let him walk, then it's going to cost you a lot more than just money. So, Rickon, we know you listen. We know you do the right thing. And I'm sure – they're exploring this. They, they, you know, if, if they're, they, they wouldn't explore it with Lance Lynn and not explore it with Rodon, you know, but, you know, there's going to be some hardball here with, with, with Boris, I think. But, you know, stranger things have happened. I would not, would have, I, you know, if you listen to Scott Boris talk in the winter meetings last year, you know, and he was talking about Carlos Rodon, I would not have thought that Carlos Rodon would return here being a Boris client and then being, 
basically having his salary cut in half to come back to the White Sox. I did not think a Boris client would do that, but we all know this financial climate's a little bit different and every case is different. So I'm hopeful, man. You know, I, I really am because I, I think this kid deserves it. And, you know, but who knows? Maybe they win the World Series this year and it doesn't matter and no one cares. And they let him walk and get his money and everyone could be happy, you know? So either way, we'll have to see how this plays out, man. But uh, it'll be interesting, no doubt. And it's fun to watch him pitch every fifth day, absolutely. So we'll wrap up the show next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. You got to sign up for the email and text alerts with Built Bar like I did because then you won't miss out on limited flavors like what they have right now. Grasshopper cookie it's built bars version of the classic thin mint cookie that you guys all know and love all the flavor without that sugar just 150 calories 17 grams of protein and just five grams of sugar i'm down 24 pounds now thanks to built bar been getting those bad sweet treats out of my life replacing them with built bars and it's worked great as a matter of fact i just got my shipment in of my new favorite flavor german chocolate they are outstanding they're 180 calories 17 grams of protein only five grams of sugar and just four grams of net carbs. And I only got them because I signed up for their email and text alert. So as soon as my favorite flavor was back in stock, and that's the thing about a lot of these flavors, they sell out quickly. I was able to get in there and get my box of 18 before I go on vacation. So now I won't be without them even on vacation. And there's flavors for everyone at BuildBar.com. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream. There's so many different flavors, an endless variety of flavors depending on what your tastes are. So order today, get the grasshopper cookie or even raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that cool? Go to Built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Twins again, Herb. It's the Minnesota Twins, the Sox. Lance Lynn in his new paper. He's going to be on the bump. He's 9-3 with a 199 earn run average against something named Griffin Jacks. He's 1-1 one one with an 866 earn run average. And we'll have the recap posted Tuesday morning at midnight, provided that the game is still not going on. All right, so that, that's all I got, Herb. But this Twin series, it's, it's a good place to face the Twins uh, when you are – uh, 20 games over that that's what i say and it is a double header so yes, it's exciting I, I'm stuff a, i'm heading out yeah Cor- to both courtney, games or what yes courtney's boss has um guaranteed rate seats so Ooh. we're in the guaranteed rate uh suites and i'm going to both games sorry i'm leaving early guys uh, hopefully mitch doesn't <laughs> listen to this i'm gonna ask him in the morning hey ben, mitch, ben's I'm gonna, gonna tell like him three yeah. i'll leave it like three <laughs> Um, I know my shift that ends at six, you know, just to go and watch a baseball game versus the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. I don't know whether or not starting Berrios in the first game. This guy seems like he's going to get murdered by the White Sox. And then they got to wear out the bullpen. Griffin Jacks never. Yeah. Maybe Rocco doesn't give a damn. He's like, F it. We're done. I'm going to get fired soon. Right after this season's over. So F it. Let's throw it. Let's throw the towel in. But I am excited about Lance Lynn and his new paper going out there and shutting down the Minnesota Twins and then <laughs> seeing what happens in that second game. I'm expecting Raylo to pitch. We haven't seen him yet since he got called up. It's true. Ronaldo Lopez will probably pitch that second game with that uh, uh, doubleheader. Hey, hell, 
go out and chuck it, Raylo. You have nothing to lose. Zero things to lose. Do whatever you want. F it. Baby, you had an 8 ERA in AAA this year. Go out and do whatever you want. It's seven damn innings. Throw it as hard as you want, as long as you want, as long, and it's the Minnesota Twins, so you should be fine. Uh, they shouldn't hit the ball that far except for Nelson Cruz. So don't walk anybody and go out and prove yourself. I don't know if this is a showcase for somebody. I don't know how it would be because th- that's the only thing that makes sense in bringing up an eight ERA guy uh, from AAA, especially Ray Lo- Lopez. It's it's very disappointing that he got the call up, but you're here. Do some work. Absolutely. All right, let's get out of here so we can get the show up by midnight. We'll have the recap of both of those games posted uh, Tuesday morning at midnight. Like I said, it's good to be back. It's good to talk to you again, and it's good to be talking about this team uh, in the position they're in. We could be looking at 22 games over by this time tomorrow. Let's hope. Knock on wood there. But, uh, yeah, man, that's all I got. Uh, thank you guys for, for rocking with us uh, yet again. And uh, looking forward to this stretch run, man. Here we go. It was, it's real now. <laughs> All-star break's done in the rearview mirror. So let's see if we can keep it going here. All right? So that's all I got. That is Chris Tannehill. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Tannehill. Me, Herb Lawrence, at Ecknerwall23. And the show is at Locked on Socks. 312 312- Five six six eight seven two seven is the way you can leave a voice message or locked on socks at Gmail. So for Chris, my name is Herb. Thank you for joining us on Locked On Socks.